coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzzed On Movies. I'm Teddy. I am Matt. And we are back. We have escaped. You know, if you if you listen to our last episode, we were in some pretty dire straits. But <laughs> never fear. Everything's all good. Certain characters have been taken care of for the time being. So we're good. We're back this week. And we're seeing movies again. And we couldn't be happier. We are back. Can you believe it? I can't. It's so good to be out of a bathroom. <laughs> Never wanted to be away from a bathroom so badly. It's like the inverse. That's actually not true. One time when I was young, I so I had a UTI when I was really young. And, <laughs> you know, this is like totally TMI for the pod. But I had a UTI and I got so fed up with having to pee every like five minutes that I literally took a pillow and a blanket into our big bathroom and just laid on the floor and read Lord of the Rings, the two towers and stood up to pee anytime I had to pee um, with my UTI. So I actually really wanted to be away from a bathroom (laughs) after about an hour and a half of doing that. But (laughs) this has been the uh, UTI TMI sidebar. (laughs) I was also really young. Let's be clear. This wasn't like, like I wasn't like an adult (laughs) getting a UTI. I don't know how that happens when you're a kid. I still don't know, but yeah. Yeah. Um, That sounds pretty unpleasant. But uh, glad, glad you're out of that unpleasant situation. Glad we're out of our situation. We've been seeing movies. Uh, we're here to talk about them, as always. And uh, just give you our take on what's in the theaters right now and what's on streaming in some cases. We have uh, The Irishman came out recently. You also um, have a, a boatload of brand new Christmas rom-coms to watch. So happy holidays, y'all. We do. Yeah. A Christmas Prince 3, The Royal Baby. Watched uh, it. Yep. Seen it. Well, I haven't, but. Half knows. the pot has. Um, yeah. Um, also, The Night Before Christmas. That's the more important one here. We just have to get that out there. What's that one? That's the Vanessa Hudgens one on Netflix. Uh, of course, of course. Um, where she stars as, I don't, she's a teacher who opens the movie at one point by telling a student not to believe in fairy tale love, um, which is like great because like that's what a student wants to hear from their teacher. Uh, she's also a science teacher. Why are you giving she, us love <laughs> advice? Professor? Well, the, to be fair, the student asked for it. And so um, she's like very, you know, she's a scorned, uh, she has an ex who cheated on her. But luckily for her, a knight from the 14th century England is magically transported <laughs> by an old crone to modern Ohio, and um, they meet and fall in love. Um, Those old crones always causing mischief. Okay, the old crone, I implore all listeners to watch it just for the old crone effects. Um, <laughs> the old crone has some of the most bizarre it's like there's like this like bluish eye shadow that she wears and like it's the 14th century like that is noticeable eye shadow that's not just like you have dark circles like what and like it's like an un i like i can't explain this look other than it's like this movie clearly had money like when you're watching it it's like it's the effects are like they shot aerial views of castles across the ocean for real for real for this movie (laughs) it's not green screened and so they had the money to do something, and yet they gave the crone this like terrible 
terrible look. And he calls every old woman he sees old crone. And it's like this like very gentle, <laughs> like it's not meant to be mean, but you can see it on every old woman's face. They're just like, um, <laughs> uh, excuse me. That is, uh, but it's that's like not even word. really addressed by the movie. Like they don't even really like address the fact that he keeps saying old crone. He just like keeps doing it. They do address the one time he calls a waitress winch. Cause he wants more hot chocolate. He's like, winch. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can't be doing that. Uh, uh, it's like honestly a delight it's like really absurd none of it makes sense there's all of this stuff happening he at one point drives a car because he says well i mastered every steed in the 14th century or whatever so i why not this iron steed well you know um he does it very poorly but the important thing is that vanessa hudgens gives him the key because he says well i've ridden a bunch of horses and she's like that's right and gives him the key <laughs> to her car that, that sounds uh, like <laughs> enough experience really um but luckily he can make really fucking good bread so it all is it's fine in the end of the day you know what um, like there's an ice lake rescue scene i honestly can't express what this movie is <laughs> sounds like there's a lot going on yeah there's so much it's honestly so much and um they're both just so pretty to look at both of the leads um surprisingly vanessa hudgens doesn't sing a song at any point so that's good good for her um <laughs> yeah so so is Royal that, baby we, is also very good um i like, gotta say very um, good wow well they're All both right. like really bad but they're like if you know what you're getting into it's totally fine if you're in for like this like low stakes drama although the christmas prince has some like slightly high stakes because it's all about like leading a country like the first <laughs> one is about like secession to the throne the second one what was this i don't even remember what the second one is all about i just watched it but i remember being like this is not okay like oh it's about like social upheaval the third like, one is about like <laughs> trying to lead the country and have a good christmas at the same time it's like oh why won't you let me play in the snow i have to give this speech instead how boring yeah but he's giving a speech because like all of the people are like on strike because no one's getting their money because somebody is like siphoning money away from the funds that are supposed <laughs> to go back to the people like it's like weird it's like really weird like plots that are treated very flippantly like in the third one it's all about like this like country that's like their neighbor who they 900 years ago signed a tree speedy with on like christmas eve because of fucking course they signed it on christmas eve because this is this one country that exists only at christmas time and so like <laughs> they signed up let's also be clear that the neighboring country to this definitely like english country like in the uk the neighboring country is definitely like east asian and like uh I don't know why, but everybody, that's just how it works. And so, um, like, this country, they signed a peace treaty, and the whole thing is about, like, the peace treaty disappears, and so, like, they might go back to war. They will default into war if they don't do anything. Um, we're going to be forced to have war, even it's though It's literally, they're like, it. we're going to default into war, even though neither of our countries have an army. It'll be a <laughs> war of lawyers. And I'm like, What? that's Stop. that's not that's not a war that's there no. are other solutions such as when it expires sign a new yeah <laughs> like <laughs> but of course they can't do that and then there's like a curse because of course she's pregnant and if so it's like well if you don't do it like your firstborn might be cursed and so like there's this whole thing um the guy who tried to steal the crown in the first movie is involved in both of these movies somehow um it seems strange the attempt to work like serious geopolitics into the Christmas Prince. I mean, uh, obviously the prince has to lead at some point, but like, but like that's 
that's not why I'm tuning in. I'm honestly <laughs> tuning in for like the fish out of water comedy. Comedy. I said comedy, which was supposed to be holiday comedy. So <laughs> it's a um, new uh, it's a new genre entirely. Comedy. Um, I'm just tuning in for like low stakes fish out of water. Like everybody's wearing pretty attire. There are people who act snobby because she likes to wear Converse in two scenes out of every movie. <laughs> like that's that's what I'm tuning in for. Oh, and also the dad who's from Brooklyn. Oh, Queens. Sorry. And um, and he makes good hot dogs. I'm also she tuning in. She wears that. high heels. I wear sneakers. Yes, you know, that's that sort of thing. That's how she feels in this movie. That is um, that is the encapsulation of what a Christmas Prince is about. Um, yeah. So my the kind of Christmas movies I've been watching around this time of year. <laughs> Not quite the same. Uh, the other night I watched Krampus. I also watched that time. the other night. For the, for the first, first time, time since I saw it. Well, not for the first time, but for the first time since I saw it in theaters. Oh, so okay. it's been a while. Um, so good. Really so fun. Good. Highly recommend everybody check it out. Um, it's it's really like the perfect line between horror and comedy, I think, while also being extremely seasonally relevant. It's a very good. It it should be a Christmas classic. Uh, it should we're gonna, be. Yeah, we're gonna try to push it as one because it should be uh, up there with like Gremlins and stuff like that um, for more Gremlins. offbeat, offbeat holiday movies. <clears throat> Krampus is very good. I completely agree with you. I think it deserves more more love than it gets. Um, the scene in the attic where all the toys attack them. That's like really good. And also it's that like jack in the box is the scariest thing. I don't like it's a comedy, but that jack in the box is legitimately unnerving. I don't want that thing anywhere near me, that gigantic thing crawling around like a worm getting into the vents with its scary mouth that opens in that way that it opens. Yeah. Well, after I saw that I I had to wonder if like the people who did the creature effects for it in the it movies were uh inspired by that yeah i think it's, you're right the whole mouth thing is very similar it's, it's extremely it it's very um, disturbing <laughs> also the effects are just like really fun in that movie they actually look good um yeah shocking. Are, like lots of um, cool weird practical effects yeah I, and some, I some always CGI support too there but... is some cgi and there has to be mainly for like the gingerbread men um yeah. also like when the bowels of hell open but like <laughs> This, um, but like, I don't it's know. Tastefully I, done, tastefully done CGI. Yeah, the CGI looks fine too. Mainly the, the practical, practical effects are really fun, um, and I really <laughs> like that. So I cool also one. watched Krampus, and I was excited about it. I need, yeah, I was, I was hyped. What, buckle down with Krampus at night with some like hot chocolate with a lot of Kahlua in it, and you'll have a good time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to watch as many like christmas themed horror movies as i can this year well um, you're in luck we've got a brand new black christmas coming out in three days yes uh, <laughs> that is true we definitely have to mention this because we, we yeah. already covered the previous two black christmas films we will including... have to give you our takes on the the new black christmas yeah when it comes out uh it'll be interesting to see because like the the original obviously like very dark very scary the remake somehow all simultaneously darker and goofier such a strange tone in that one so it'll be it'll the be remake is really weird yeah the first remake yeah. this is the, I, I, we now have to say the first remake about black christmas yeah 
So this one, it'll be interesting to see what they do with this one. But judging by the trailers, they've changed the storyline quite a bit. So yeah, uh, I think so. It'll it'll be pretty new, I think. So I'm I'm definitely excited about it. I'm really excited. We got that to look forward to. Um, I'm trying to watch Silent Night, Deadly Night. At some Have point. you never seen it? I've never seen any of them. I've only literally only seen the one the, clip. <laughs> the one clip from Silent Night, Deadly Night Two. With the garbage day. <laughs> <laughs> so I own Silent Night, Deadly Night 1 and 2 um, on DVD. They were a glorious Christmas gift to me one year. And they're a joy. You should honestly watch Silent Night, Deadly It's really fun. Really yeah. stupid. They were showing it at the Alamo uh, tonight, actually. But I wasn't able to make it. Um, but uh, I'm definitely going to check it out some other I'm way um i'm thinking this might be the year i finally watch ginger dead man i've never <laughs> watched it i've seen like often uh, like random clips of it i'm thinking i should just like buy like two bottles of wine and do it like <laughs> it sounds like that kind of movie that sounds really fun yeah uh have you ever seen santa's sleigh oh yes, yes! <laughs> that oh. that's one of my favorites it's so crazy oh. uh just like an evil santa played by a former wwe wrestler so funny like going around and like kicking people's asses and stuff <laughs> it's very strange um and very fun it's so and, much fun and it has james Khan in the opening scene for some reason um why not yeah why not it's always a good movie with james Khan. um so yeah uh there's a lot of fun uh, offbeat Christmas movies out there. Um, I highly recommend checking out some of the ones we've mentioned. And, uh, you know, just do something a little different for the holidays. You can you can only watch It's a Wonderful Life so many times. Hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm still going to watch it. I'm going to watch it every year. I'm going to yeah. do it, and I'm going to cry yeah. every time. <laughs> cry every time. I cry every um, time. Yeah. Uh, uh, so in terms of what's been out recently, why don't we right. touch on that for a little bit? Um, non, Non-Christmas fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we both saw The Irishman. Uh, we did. I don't, I don't know if I have a ton to say about it other than that it's just, it's really, really good. Um, highly recommend it. And, um, it's very long. You know, you'll know to very expect long. that. Uh, the the runtime is uh, somewhat daunting, but as I say about a lot of Scorsese's movies, I I feel like it earns it. It doesn't feel overwhelmingly long. It doesn't like have long, boring stretches where nothing happens. Things move along at a pretty reasonable pace, uh, but a lot happens in the movie. It's like covering somebody's basically entire adult life. Yeah, so, so it's it's yeah. almost like a buildings Roman sort of structure. Like it just like follows the character through their whole life. The key difference being that a buildings Roman would start at childhood. But like <laughs> it's okay, so I think this movie's very good. I liked it. Everyone should watch it. That's great. I don't I do think it dragged at moments. I do oh, think okay. there were stretches where I was like, oh, like I think it could have been like 30 minutes shorter and it would still achieve all of the same effect. Like there were like there were like definite things that could have been cut, such as 
the slow-mo Ray Romano wedding sequence. Like I didn't care. I don't think it added anything to the film. Didn't need it. Like, so I like, there's just like little things here and there that I think could have been lifted out and it would have been totally fine. Um, But it is like, it's like a four, four and a half star movie now cut off 30 minutes. It's a five star movie. Like it's still very good, no matter which way you look at it. Um, It's just a little lot. Like, like you know, um, yeah. the performances are great. Um, oh, Robert's eyes need to like be bleached from my mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, some of the uh, the de aging thing looks look a little funky, especially early in the movie. But um, either either I got used to it quickly, or they stopped like doing it as extremely after the I first so. couple I shots. I think it gets less extreme as it goes on for obvious reasons. Because he's aging. Yeah. Right. Um. But also, I thought it was mostly pretty good. It's, like, jarring at first just because we know these actors so well. We know what they look like right now. Like, there's no mystery about that. So when we see them de-aged, we've also seen them at the ages they're de-aged to. And we're like, well, uh." Um, So it's, like, it's just, like, kind of weird. But I think think they actually did a very good job with it. It's just that our brains are like, this is a little, it's a little bit uncanny valley at first. Yeah. Like, we don't, like, because it's, like, we know what they actually looked like when they were the ages they're presenting now. And, like, it's not quite like that. This looks a little weird. Um, So, it's just, like, sort of, it's sort of strange. But I thought it looked mostly good. It's, honestly, Robert De Niro's eyes bothered me more than anything. I, yeah. It was, like, they, first of it's all, they were in the a eye. consistent shade. Like, I, I was, like, <laughs> okay, I know that, like, shades of blue, like, and eyes, like, can change color based on lighting and stuff. But, like... We are going from, like, sky blue at moments to, like, really dark blue. Like, can we just, like, do pick something here? Like, pick a color, yeah. Also, like, you can be Irish and not have blue eyes. And the movie doesn't make a big deal out of his blue eyes. So, like, I don't know if the book does. Maybe that's, like, a like a key thing, you know? Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. Like, it felt like they didn't really make a big deal about him being Irish until, like, sort of close to the end when they're like, you're the only one who has one of these rings that's Irish. Oh. Right, like, exactly. Oh, yeah, right. He is supposed to be Irish. But, like, in so I feel like Goodfellas is a pretty similar movie in terms of, like, being about an outsider joining the mob um, in that the, the main character is also Irish. And in that movie, they do make a big deal about it, like, the entire time. Right. So, it was kind of different. They definitely did not make a big deal out of it here. And it was kind of weird. Like, I was like, I don't, like, if we're not going to make a d- big deal out of it, then we don't need to do the CGI blue eyes thing that's happening <laughs> right now. Like, because it's, like, very distracting. It was distracting every time. It doesn't look right. Um, I don't know. It was weird. I hated that more than any of the, like, de-aging stuff. Um, I had a friend who really hated Al Pacino eating ice cream. Um, totally get that. <laughs> That didn't bother me. It was the blue eyes. It was like, I just like every time I was like, please stop. I just want this to end. And then it'd be a different color the next time. So I'd be like, please stop, please. <laughs> I just like, <laughs> I need some peace. Um, but I never got peace. So there is no peace with the blue eyes of Robert yeah. De Niro. Blue eyes, white, white dragon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it is really good. It's a great cower in the face of my blue eyes, Robert De Niro. No, no, you have activated my trap card. But um, it's really good. It's great. Um, I liked it a lot. 
I don't really have anything bad to say about it other than what I've said. And yeah. I don't really have anything that I feel like needs to go in depth on. I mean, I feel like watch the movie and you'll get it. Um, yeah, it's it's really a movie that speaks for itself. Um, and it's got a lot of, a lot of time to do that. So it's got a ton uh, of time. Block out like some time, like make a coffee first. Um, go to the bathroom. Get a snack, like Pick. have a snack handy. Because you're going to get hungry somewhere during this movie because it's three and a half hours. Yeah. So you're going to need to eat. Um, if you're watching it at home on Netflix, which you must be at this point, um, just make sure your internet internet connection's good. I had like one brief moment where things were a little weird. Um, yeah. You know, just yeah. be ready and be ready for the long haul. It's a long movie. Don't right. try to break it up. Yeah, I mean, like you could, but like I would definitely recommend trying to see it all the way through if you can, if you have the time. Obviously, it's a lot of time, but it it flows pretty nicely. It'd be a shame to uh, like see it in a bunch of chunks. It, the reality best, is like, that everybody has three and a half hours on some day. Everybody that you just aren't doing anything otherwise. You have the time, make it. Like you know it i know it we all know it <laughs> i recommend starting it early in the day that's what i did yes. like I, I went to a screening of the movie which also helped because like then you have to sit down and watch it all at once um but also like starting early in the day around like brunch time made it seem more like there was still still time left in the day by the time we were done with the film um so yeah oh, that's, yeah, it ended that's my, my recommendation once it was over i was done um <laughs> don't try to start this at like 10 o'clock at night or like after dinner or something it's because i guarantee that you'll fall asleep like even though this movie is not boring like it is like it's not like consistent action like it is a lot of like people talking that's the drama a lot yes of yeah it's like, so it's a... like yeah you're gonna get if you try to watch it at 10 p.m it doesn't end until 1 30 you're gonna get tired you're gonna pass out don't do that to yourself yeah or just score yeah. Don't now, let Martin down. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't let Marty uh be disappointed. And um, so yeah, now I feel like we we've laid out a pretty good guide on how to watch The Irishman. You know, you need you need a little prep work before you go in. I think everyone's well prepared, and hopefully, um, you'll check it out. If you got Netflix, it's on there now. Um, also, like they just dropped a Marriage Story this week too. I still haven't gotten around to seeing that, but Netflix Wait, is that's on Netflix. Yeah. What the fuck? I missed yeah. that. That's yeah, really I know. that looks so good. Um, I didn't know anything. Like I just thought it was a regular release, and I saw that it was only showing at the E Street. I was like, damn it! Like I'm gonna have to find some time to get out there because it's not showing at any of the nearby theaters. And then I saw it was coming to Netflix in two days. I'm like, oh damn, awesome. Um. So yeah. That's also out there now. Uh, I can't speak to it, but it's supposed to be very good. And Netflix is definitely uh, putting out a lot of quality material this time of year. That's cool. Uh, good for Netflix. I mean, Netflix is making a strong case for itself these days. So yeah, we'll see how it goes around. In terms of like time. film, sorry. In terms of like being like an appreciable film studio. Yeah. There's yeah, a I lot mean, of bad content on Netflix still. <laughs> there is, there is, but they balance it out. That's that's what they're they're going for, I think, is um trying to have something for everybody. 
Yeah, for all the people who want their bad content, and then also the people <laughs> who want serious prestige film. Yeah, yeah, well, we got we'll, it all. Float your boat. You can watch a Christmas Prince three, The Royal Baby, and The Irishman in one day. Well, that's a that's a time, but <laughs> <laughs> best double feature ever, just in time for the holidays. Take like a really long break in the middle, but then you'll be fine. <laughs> uh yeah yeah um so yeah that that's the irishman um what else have you seen recently i've um, been i've been going pretty frequently to the movies i actually saw yeah, i think you've gone more than i have i lately. think i saw six movies um in november with the amc a list wow um, that that may even beat my movie pass record i'm not sure what six movies in one month would beat your movie pass record I don't know. I I have to go back and look at my log. Uh, there were times with MoviePass where I went like three times a week for a full month. There's no way six times beats any record for me. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm talking like know. there were times 12 times in a month more. <laughs> like, um, And that's happened with AMC too. There have been months where I like checked off every single AMC like that I okay, can. Okay, never mind. It, it was nine times this month. That's why I thought it might beat my record. But you're right. Like I don't know. Uh, there was probably a time that I went like ten or twelve times. I. But yeah, the the movie past days were pretty crazy. I gotta say, it's all like a blur now. They were such uh, a delight. I miss them. Um, just like, oh, God, what a time. Um, uh, yeah. So I've not seen as much recently in theaters as you have. I think. Um, not at least not like immediately recently. Anyway, um, more, most of the stuff I've seen, I it's been like. Like Thanksgiving feels like a dividing line, you know. Um, but I, you know, I saw Knives Out recently, um, which oh, I yeah. really liked. I loved Knives Out. Um, yes, I saw that too. Um, really fun, very interesting movie. It's it kind of um, it's like a, a subversion of the Who Done It formula. It is. Way. That's the whole. That's the thing. I think. Um, I think. Um, what's his name? director uh ryan johnson yeah is carving out a nice space for himself as subverting some typical archetypal film types right um mm -hmm. his star wars movie is very clearly a subversion of a lot of things it got from certain corners of the fan base um <laughs> i personally yeah. loved it a, this is a subversion you know like i feel like that's like sort of like what he's doing now uh, which is pretty cool right yeah uh, yeah also, Who Done It was due for a revamp, so it's nice to see like it is like a true Who Done It, even if it's like a you know a, a total like sort of like upending of the typical formula. It is like it has like all of the trappings and feel of a typical Who Done It, which is nice. You don't mm -hmm. see it a lot anymore. Yeah, so. and all the characters in it, I think, were really cool, interesting. Um, they've got quite the cast here, and it's used very well uh daniel craig especially is just so entertaining in this movie uh daniel craig is very entertaining <laughs> never thought that he would pull off a southern accent so well but it's good he's funny he's uh charming what does chris evans say <laughs> csi kentucky fried chicken um, <laughs> csi kfc yeah um yeah he's really good uh i loved tony collette as like the like ditzy like <laughs> ex like 
she's like not even actually a part of the family she was just married to somebody who was a part of the family but that person died so she's really not even in it anymore like <laughs> but she's, she's still just like out. hanging around um i thought she was great i loved her um yeah. it was also such a departure from a lot of tony collette's roles um unless you've seen the united states of tara um <laughs> shameless plug <laughs> um, course but oh uh, check that one out she just does um, a lot of like not like light comedic type roles like she does a lot of like sort of like serious you know um right. and like this was like a this was like a very fun like different like girly bu- bubbly like such a weird character uh which was yeah. really fun um not something that she normally gets to do and i thought she like really nailed it um, jamie lee curtis is a delight always yeah i um speaking of tony collette i uh i forgot that she was in krampus yeah i saw her in there and then she has a scene somewhat similar to the scene in hereditary where she saws her own head off with the razor wire uh, but it's that like uh one of the like living toys is like strangling her with christmas lights i'm like oh oh it's that it's that scene again <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, i actually thought the same thing when i watched it recently um she's also very good in that movie yeah she's, she's a lot of fun i also similar. kind of forgot she was going to be in that movie until i started watching it and i was like oh yeah so i feel like when i wa- think about that movie i think about the kids um and then i think about uh what's his name from parks and rec um Adam oh, Scott. Adam Scott. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think about Todd Packer from The Office. Like that's Packer. that's yes. the exact that's the exact order of I think of characters. Um, yes. And Tony Collette is just like just another mom trying to hold her family together. Oh, I do like think a lot about um, <laughs> the like the aunt in the family who's like, I'm gonna teach y'all how to make schnapps. <laughs> like what? <laughs> yes oh my god she's like now don't tell your mom oh my god how to make them can i just get like you're gonna teach them how to make schnapps that's what we're doing now okay um because that's pretty great uh so that's what i think about i always forget about tony collette but she is very fun in that movie and she's actually like a standout i should think more about her in that movie yeah tony collette's always awesome um jamie lee curtis also very good in uh knives out um yeah there's just and chris evans too there's just so many different good performances also the movie. lead girl we have to talk about i mean i feel like talking about knives out and not talking about the leading girl who like is definitely getting like a big break it's like upsetting um <laughs> right yeah. uh, so she's great her name is Ana de armas um she's great she plays like the it's great. I, she's a fun character. Um, she's interesting. She's kind of like, like I don't know, like your, I don't want to say Bella Swan, but she kind of is like your <laughs> Bella Swan. Like she's sort of like, she's you know, just like your eyes. She's your eyes Bella into Swan. the story, and she, yes, yes, you know. Um, and she like very much like it's like she doesn't have like the big over the top personalities of the other characters. You yeah, know? she's like the um, straight man to everybody else. Yeah, who, she's like Jim Halpert or something, you know. Yeah. Um, but like. But, like, even, like, Jim Halpert got a little ridiculous by the end of The Office. Um, like, okay, we get it. You play pranks. But, like, <laughs> she's just, like, like the straight character the whole way through. And um, I think it's, like, interesting that she is chosen for that character based on, like, who she is and who her family is. Um, I think it was interesting that the movie positioned her in that role around all of these, like, white 
upper class people who I was about to say liberals, but then I was like, but actually there's a ton of like white upper class MAGA nuts too. Yeah. Um, no, I think what makes the movie great is like that there's <laughs> those two contingencies in there and that they're both they're both awful in their own way. <laughs> um, well, it's like a definite like there's like a definite political stance there and that like of course anybody who is a MAGA head sucks. But also all of those like white upper class liberals who are like very like you know, fake liberal. It's like the get out people, the people who are like, I would have voted for Obama for a third term if I could. I would do that. It's um, just like they're all you rich also people. suck, dude. Like so. rich people just all suck. That's that's yeah. kind of the message in the movie here. It's very it's similar to um what was it, Ready or Not as well. Yeah. We saw earlier this year. Very it would make a pretty good double feature for these two actually. Very similar themes. Very, very similar. Just told in very different ways because Ready or Not is a much more violent film. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. There are um, people exploding in that movie. <laughs> um, I loved it. Uh, oh, so good. Um, honestly, Ready or Not might, might still be my favorite film experience from this. Like, Just like favorite theater experience is Ready or Not so far this year. You've only got a couple weeks left, 2020, or 19. Wow. Um, yeah, we're almost yeah. at 2020. Yeah. Um, in that spirit, actually... Um, I want to bring us to our one sort of segment tonight. Um, We so we're about to reach the end of the decade here. Uh, We're going to start a new chapter with 2020. And a lot of people are putting together like their top 10 lists of the last decade of the 2010s. Uh, And I thought like maybe we could do something like that. But it seems like, you know, everybody's going to come up with a bunch of the same movies. What I wanted to do instead was to talk about the movies that we've missed in the last decade. Because there's so many, you know, who has time to watch every movie? Um, so there's there we could talk about our favorites, but instead I wanted to talk about the movies that we might have looked over that might actually be worth watching. What we did was we both went back through each year of the 2010s um, on Letterboxd, which is a great site for logging movies that you watch. Shout out to Letterboxd. Very Shout good site. Shout out to Um and looked at the most popular movies for each year and uh, compared them with what we've seen and just picked the most popular one that we hadn't seen for each year. So, um, and we're going to talk about those movies um, maybe in the next episode or two. We're not, we're not, not quite sure how long it'll take us to watch all of these and we might not even watch all of them, but we'll, we'll talk about a few of them at least. Um, so Matt, why don't you start by reading your list? All right. So, my list we're gonna start in 2010 in 2010 the most popular movie i missed is megamind Mm. that is an animated film uh i am not looking forward to watching it but (laughs) um it's just like i I know you liked it it's just like not my kind of movie at all in any way shape or form this is like i hated despicable me i hated them all i will this is just like not my kind of film so Uh i will watch it and it will be fine and but I that's... Be like, mm, that's the point. It's fine. It's all <laughs> yeah. fine. Um, but you know, like one time I forced myself to watch Boss Baby and I thought I was gonna rip my eyeball out. So <laughs> you just like never know. You never um, know. That never that's know. the fun of this sort of challenge. We're gonna we're trying to see stuff a little outside of our wheelhouse. Uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one, some of these movies are very much in my wheelhouse. That's where things get weird. Yeah. Uh, so in 2011, I missed the Intouchables. Uh, I'm interested in seeing that. I'm excited. In 2012, I did not see The Hunt. 
I'm looking forward to it. What was that one? Uh, it had one of those guys. Um, give me one moment. Um, it, well, you know the movie. I know you know it. Um, twenty <laughs> twelve. Yeah, hold on. So, this was a movie directed by oh. Thomas Vinterberg, and it stars Mad Mickelson. Huh. So, I've definitely seen like. I've seen this on like a streaming service. Exactly. But I have never watched it. I have never watched it. And it's the most popular movie that year that I have not actually seen. Hmm. Um, 2012 was a good year for me in film. I'll admit. So I had to like go kind of far. Um, 2013. The first, the most popular movie I didn't see is prisoners, which is embarrassing. And I'm very excited to see it. Very good. Very Um, good. I actually think 2014's first missed movie is more embarrassing though. I have not seen Ex Machina. Ex Machina Ooh, is wow. like in my wheelhouse. There's like there's like nothing about Ex Machina that should make me not see it. It's just like it. Everything happened with Ex Machina at the wrong time for me. I did not see it. Right. Um, yeah. So I very am good. very excited to That'll get to fun. that one. It'll probably be the first one I watch off of this list. Um, 2015, Steve Jobs. Uh, I don't care for Steve Jobs. So, you know, whatever. Who's um, on? No, I just mean the person. Um, yeah. <laughs> 2016, I did not see Hail Caesar. 2017, I missed Okia, that Netflix movie about the giant, mm-hmm. not elephant, but that maybe was an elephant. I'm not really sure. Weird uh, hippo type thing. Yeah. 2018, another Netflix movie. I did not see to all the boys before. Sorry, Twitter. Uh, <laughs> and 2019, I've not yet seen Ad Astra. Ooh. Yeah, that's a good one. I guess twenty nineteen. Right. I should check again at the end of the year before I pick it totally. But just in case there's something more popular by the time the year ends. But right there, there's still a couple weeks left of movies in twenty nineteen. Uh, all right. So for me, starting off in twenty ten, I had uh, Blue Valentine. Oh, which is, yeah. you need to see that. Yeah, I've been one. I've been meaning that to see that for ages. Downer. Man, oof. It's yeah, it's it's one of those ones where I'm like, I just I know it's sad, so I'm like, you have to be willing to sit down and watch a movie that you know is going to be sad. Which you have to see the like. sad movies when they come out because you know you'll never be in the mood to watch. Right, like when you want to go back and watch an old movie, you don't want to watch a sad one. So. Very true. Very true. Um, in 2011, <laughs> I haven't seen Tree of Life. What the so- fuck? <laughs> I love tree of life so much and that director and i have like a complicated relationship we're not always like on great terms i love yeah. tree of life so much I, it's like, so weird there's dinosaurs in it like this movie's great this movie is so good i've heard really good things so i'm excited about this one i i don't know if i've even seen any malik so it'll be wow. cool to see yeah like I'm, I'm not sure but i don't think i have well if so, you didn't live states away i'd say i have the blu-ray if you can borrow it but um I'm sure you'll find a way. Yeah, I'll I'll check it out. Um, 2012, I have a uh, Pitch Perfect. Ah! <laughs> I'm so Oops. sorry. I hate Pitch Perfect, <laughs> and like, I know a lot of people disagree with me. I hate it. Um, yeah, fun. I just I, I I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna like. It's just it just doesn't appeal to me. But I will check it out. It's me and me and Megamind. It's just like it came out, and Glee had already happened in my life. So like. I was like, I don't want this. I don't want this anywhere near me. 
So I just like I'm just so opposed to like the entire concept of acapella. That, yes. Like, yes. Thank you. Thank it. you. I cannot believe this is something we so fully agree with on this pod. <laughs> I really am very opposed to the concept of acapella. I don't want it. Please stop. Just give me some backing instrumentation. I don't get it. I like instruments. I like them so much. Why do we need acapella? Please, please just yeah. play the piano. That's all I'm asking. <sighs> Going in on acapella here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a whole thing. You know, we both went to UVA. Acapella is fucking everywhere. You have to deal yes, with that at yes. every fucking event. So that like, was my biggest like culture shock coming into college is like it seemed like everyone was really into acapella. I'm like, what is like I feel like I'm crazy or something. I'm like the only one who's just like, you same. know, I, I don't find it interesting. <laughs> it's like fine in like small doses, I will admit. Like, like I love going to certain events and there'd be an acapella group and I'd be like, this is fine that's cute but like i don't want a movie about an acapella group i don't want it i don't care and i've seen pitch perfect one two and fucking three and oh like i God. don't want it <laughs> like and yet you keep coming back like <laughs> i just want to watch her is that a problem i also want to watch britney snow anna kendrick and britney snow are great uh yes i think britney so snow is so underserved by the film industry what happened to her bring her back yeah. i saw prom night remake so yeah uh they'll they'll at least be some shining lights in this movie i'm sure um so then for 2013 uh inside lewin davis oh that's good one. i've heard movie. very good things yeah i'm sure it'll be great um that's uh coen brothers right yeah think yeah love the cohen's um 2014 is a uh, 22 jump street <laughs> i did like 21 jump street so i'm sure yeah. 22 will be good as well um uh, good is a big word <laughs> um 2015 me and earl and the dying girl uh yes because yours is the one right before mine on the list yes I remember seeing the trailers for this and thinking it looked really good, so I'm excited about that one. It is really good, just to be clear. Um, let me see. 2016, I have... Uh, oh, Doctor Strange. Actually, I just watched Doctor Strange last week. Um, so I have to check that off. Let me see. Um, Doctor Strange, pretty good. Pretty good. Interesting. I liked it. I saw it a couple times. Here's, while you're looking, a fun story about Doctor Strange is I saw it in theaters the normal way. And then one time, um, not going to comment on where this was, we I was a manager at a movie theater and a bunch of the managers went out drinking. And we came back from the breweries and we were like, hey, is there a movie theater that's not showing a movie? And so we found one and we shut down the movie that was showing and put on Doctor Strange uh, <laughs> while very drunk. And let me tell you... <laughs> Doctor Strange, while just like out of your mind, is it's pretty fun. It's a fun time. <laughs> um, I was like, I don't know yeah. what's going on. I don't understand. Um, yeah, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I I was once really drunk and fell asleep at a friend's, and they were watching Doctor Strange, and I woke up midway through the movie, and it's like the scene where he keeps regenerating. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on right now? <laughs> so yeah, I could definitely I could definitely imagine where you're coming from on there. 
so yeah, my replacement for that year, um, since I've already seen Doctor Strange now, uh, will be The Handmaiden. Oh my god, it's so fucking goddamn good. You're gonna like that one. Yeah, I've heard very good things about this, so excited to check that out. Um, then 2017, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, (gughs) which I think we've mentioned on the pod that I have still haven't gotten around to seeing this, but this is finally going to be my way to check it off, I guess. Um, then for 2018, uh, another Marvel movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp Mm. is pretty good. You've missed, like, the better Marvel movies. That's what's really weird. Like, the really, like, <laughs> off-the-wall Marvel movies. I, I have I have seen Ragnarok. Um, Ragnarok is one of the best ones, yeah. That was really good. Yeah, but I, I, do, I do get the feeling that, like, the Spider-Man movies are pretty well-received, and I have not seen this one. Um, so, and then finally, for this year, uh, I've not seen... I've not seen Shazam, so... Shazam! I yeah. really like Shazam. 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 Gonna see that. Shazam a, lot of, a lot of superhero movies in here. Um, so like that's like never mind because I watch the superhero movies. Yeah, um, that's like my uh, one of my gaps because I I just like, start started writing them off at some point. That's like and me like, in animated movies and me in like I don't know like straightforward dramas. Like I just like when a movie comes like Doubt. I don't know. What's doubt? I don't Ooh, care. Um, doubt I actually really, really liked doubt to be clear. It just took me <laughs> like, like I'm just using that as an example, like that kind of drama. Like it's so hard for me to like get right. to go see. Like, I agree. I skip them often. And then I like home release comes around and that's when I watch them. So for, um, for me, like that's why I always like doing the Oscars push because it, it's like the only thing that gets me watching those kind of movies uh, and usually, like, if I'm just, like, on a random Tuesday night, I'm not going to pop on Doubt or something like that. I actually, at one point, considered Doubt one of my top ten favorite movies. Why? I'd seen it within the past week. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> like um, yeah, like, generally, yeah, I feel the same way. It just, like, I'm just, like, never going to be in the mood to be, like, I want to watch this hardcore religious drama. Let's do it. Like, that's mm-hmm. never going to be my where i'm at generally if i'm gonna put on a random movie i'm like so what trashy slasher sequel can i put on <laughs> right now exactly uh, that's like the only thing i watch on my own so um yeah so and i'm good with that this will this will get us to watch some movies that maybe we've been mean to get around to for a while or that we wouldn't normally check out what and, movie uh, are you most excited to see off of your list oof, off of this one Hmm. Probably Tree of Life, because I think that's the right choice. Yeah. Like people talk about it as like a masterpiece, and it pretty much I is. I think it's it. Terrence Malick's masterpiece. Um, and I think it's like a really like. It's a yeah. It's a very it's a very transcendent film. I like really good. It's really really good. I like that um, movie a lot. Like and very excited. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you'll like it. It's weird. It's a weird movie. It's oh very much like, I don't know, like not quite stream of consciousness, but sort of stream of consciousness. Like it's just like this very, the flow is very strange. It's great. It's awesome. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's well acted. It's well directed. It's beautiful. It's so much fun to look at. Um, there's a dinosaur. I just need to repeat that. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> Love any movie with a dinosaur. <laughs> Hopefully we can uh, we can bring some interesting stuff with that. 
Uh, I don't know if we're going to end up talking about all of them, but we'll certainly try to see as many as we can while it's interesting. I will definitely uh, see all of these movies. I will watch them. Whether or not we talk about them is a different story, but I will watch them. Yeah. That that's my goal is to watch every movie on this list. Um, if not by the end of the year, then by like the end of January or something. Um, and we encourage the listeners out there to take part in this as well. And if you are interested in sending us your list, please do. Uh, we would love to hear about it. Uh, I think this is kind of a cool challenge that I think more people should be doing. Yeah. Uh, and I I, by the way, I just want to, I, like, I didn't come up with this entirely. Like somebody else said something like this on Twitter. I cannot remember for the life of me who did it. Uh, so if anybody knows who came up with this, please also let me know. Um, but yeah, it's, it sounds fun and I think we'll get some interesting results out of it. I always like, uh, doing like the movie watching challenges and stuff. That's, that's why I like like the Oscars race too. Um, so should be fun. Yeah. Um, anything else? that's come out recently worth talking about um hmm. well what else have you seen recently well oh frozen 2 actually yeah i think we should talk about that a little bit uh it's not like i mean obviously everybody knows frozen 2 um it's a sequel to frozen it's but it's not what you'd expect which is what i find to be interesting it's not like the most uh incredible movie uh, and like, I think I like Frozen a lot more, but what I really liked about it was that it was different and like really went in kind of an unusual direction for a sequel. And uh, I do like that they at least tried to do something new and original with it, even if it's a bit off. Um, it's a, it's a strange movie. Definitely. It is really weird. I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, there's a lot of, there's so much weird about Frozen 2. Like, I, I sort of felt like I was going in thinking it was going to be like a typical Disney sequel. And it's like very much not. Um, and it was just like a different, I don't, like there was just so much different about it that I wasn't expecting. It's like, there's like a scene where Sven sings an 80s glam rock ballad. <laughs> like it like i don't like i it was like i mean i gotta say i was in a fairly crowded theater and i was the only one laughing and i was like laughing hysterically i was like this is (laughs) fucking brilliant this is a genius scene i was laughing so much okay that whole scene is crazy because as we know like christoph is always doing the voice for sven so he's like that's okay thank you for correcting me on the names i appreciate that Um. (laughs) so but so so but he's singing with sven like backing him up but it's really just him with his own voice doing the weird reindeer voice as the backing vocals it's so weird and it's so funny like it works so and like he's like so dramatically singing this song just about like how Anna went off to help her sister. Like, it's like, it's like, okay, what's going on here? I don't really understand. Um, and it's so funny. And there's like hundreds of reindeer running around him at one point. Like, I'm like, this is awesome. This is really incredible. That's the kind of I movie really that like, Frozen 2 is. 
I liked how as soon as it went into that whole sequence, like everything was being shot like an 80s music video. Yes! Like there are all these like overlays and stuff. And, yes, like... and like the one spotlight <laughs> on him. Like it was just like, oh God, that was so good. And it was like, I couldn't think of a better way to give Kristoff like a better like full song solo. Like, because you know, his previous solo was like what? Like reindeers are better than people. Yeah. Um and it's like, I like that song too. I own the Frozen soundtrack, just to be clear, like a physical copy of it. I like it a lot. Um, so I know what everyone sang. And so um, he like, that was his previous like solo. And this one, he gets like a really big piece. And it's like really good. It's awesome. Yeah. I've listened well, to that separately. So like. It's good to see uh, Jonathan Groff get a chance to actually like use his voice. Because... Can you believe that Jonathan Groff can be a good singer. I mean, really, who could have thought? thought? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's like really, and like, that's not like the only good musical number from the movie. There's a lot of good ones. Olaf has like the, the most relatable one, uh, as we've discussed, he sings a song about how the world falling apart will all make sense when he's an adult, which is like, I mean, literally as he's singing it, there's like fire raining from the sky and like, Oh my God. Yes. Everything is trying to kill him. And he's just like, this will make sense later. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> been there, my dude. That um, whole song was so relatable. I was just watching it. I was just like, Jesus Christ. Oh my God. It's like, it's like almost <laughs> chilling how relatable it is. Like, it's like sort of one of those moments where it's like, mm, who's running this corporate account? Like, I don't need this. <laughs> so like, you know, like it's a little weird, but it like really works. Um, Olaf, they made Olaf like a character that I didn't hate watching in this movie. Like Olaf was my biggest complaint of Frozen One. I he's did not so, like him. It's um, cool because he's like in the first movie, he's like all fresh and new and like happy and giddy. In the second one, he starts to get like a little existential and anxious, and it's it's really neat seeing him like develop as he's actually. It's great. It's like this like existence. mini waiting for godot inside of frozen 2 where he's just like having a perpetual existential crisis and i'm like what the fuck <laughs> like are the like, people who wrote frozen 2 like okay like are it's we... like the forky thing again I, i'm sure it's like the same they got the same writer from toy story 4 and again you like... know it's somebody who's trained to like run like corporate twitter accounts like you know these are people who just like know that this is like the pulse right like we're all experiencing existential crises every single day and everyone so like, is terrified of being alive and we're gonna yeah. find a way to put that in the movie yeah and so like you sort of I'm, i know that's what's happening on a logical level but it really resonates like olaf actually resonates which is really exciting um because like previously he was the most annoying character i hated him he was clearly shoehorned in for like merchandising like but like this time it like it felt right it, Olaf felt like an integral character of this movie because it's all about like this movie is about like growing up and like accepting your responsibility and like who you actually are um uh, you know it has a lot in common with the nightmare before christmas in that way it's just like don't go out of your lane like elsa eventually learns like you know what i need to go be a cryptid so like <laughs> basically <laughs> i need to be a wood nymph <laughs> Um, that is like my favorite plot like character arc that could ever happen it's like i went from being a part of a monarchy to knowing that i actually am a cryptid (laughs) thank you yes Um. and i do like all the crazy stuff that elsa does in this movie like her 
bringing the memories out of water and like you're able to watch like flashbacks into the past through like these ice sculptures and stuff that she creates so that's really really cool yeah really cool um i like her like symbolically descending into her psyche in the ice cave it sort of felt like that scene in um is it return of the jedi or empire strikes back where luke goes into the cave yeah darth vader yes kind of i don't know which one it is but it is i know what you're talking (laughs) about yes um that's yeah i think you're right and i think that um that's i mean that scene in particular is really good i and like the song up to it where she's like show yourself like that's really really good like there's this whole great moment and then it's like this triumphant song that ends with her really being defeated by like too much of a deep dive which is honestly (laughs) a warning against self-therapy so like (laughs) go see an actual therapist don't go too Um, deep um (laughs) like (laughs) um it's like yeah it was such a strange movie and then the movie is also about like one government's terrible actions against another like country government like it's like i don't know what's going like who wrote this movie i don't know this movie is very like i this is very strange and it's very good and I'm <laughs> this very movie happy. was very interesting coming out around thanksgiving for its uh, stance <laughs> against i think that's actually the crimes true. against the native population um, and like they are very much coded as native americans right like there's yeah. no no questions about that that's sort of the entire imagery of this whole thing well and, they're also i think they're supposed to be similar to the the sami people in norway as well sure yes, obviously yeah. like you can relate this is an american film any native like, population yeah. um yeah because yeah, <laughs> of I, I don't know what the what the history of the uh the native tribes in norway is like but the one around here uh very very strong parallels to what happens to them in the movie yeah um so and it's like and it's like and like i appreciated that the movie when they when like elsa and anna found out that like their family did wrong by this other tribe they didn't this other tribe that tribe is not even the right word they don't use the word tribe do they i can't remember um but like this other like group this other kingdom of people they don't I mean, they immediately know, like, we have to do something to set it right. There's no, like, well, but they're different. They're not, like, it was, like, really refreshing that this movie was just, like, nope, you've got to do something to make it right. Like, right now. Like, do yeah. it. Um, uh, I thought it was really good. I thought that the movie had its heart in the right place in a lot of ways. Um, I really liked the weird romantic strife between Anna and Kristoff. It was good. That was nice. Um I liked that Elsa had no romantic strife. There was just like no romance once again. And that is so appreciated. Um, that is just fine. Yeah. Yeah. She's I liked every time they made a joke at the expense of what's his name? Um, who was the villain in the first movie? Hans. Hans. I liked that every time Hans was even vaguely obliquely referenced, somebody was just like, ugh. <laughs> I was like, thank you so much. This is so good. Um, it was funny every time. I liked how Elsa like deep dove into her psyche and saw her past in ice sculpture form and saw Hans and took the time to break his ice <laughs> statue. Like, thank yeah. you. This You're is like, very uh, good. Nope. This is what I needed. I, I liked, liked um. I Everything. like 
Yeah, I, I liked um, Olaf telling like the story of their adventures. Oh, that was like, so multiple good. Multiple times over. It, was, it had very strong vibes of uh, C-3PO uh, telling the story to the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi. More Star Wars references, yes. Um, but it, it definitely felt like that. It was very funny, too. Very, uh, that, was a, that was a good sequence. It was like... It was a really good fun... It was like... A- funny sort of like mocking of the first movie like it really worked like it was like this is why the first movie was kind of ridiculous but also very good like (laughs) and so i don't know i thought it was great yeah it also reminds me of that um god this is gonna be even more oblique reference but the uh the there's an episode in avatar the last airbender where they go and see a play that's based off like the first three seasons of the show (laughs) Oh my god! I did yeah. not. Know that. I have not seen. I have not watched Avatar. Oh, um, it's so good! It's so good. Yeah, so the I movie think. is not good. <laughs> yes, I know the movie. Good. I've seen the movie. Um, um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff like that. Game of Thrones did that in like season six or whatever, where they right, had a yeah, play yeah. a puppet play based on the whole thing and all of that. Um, it's an so, interesting trope. Yeah. Wonder, wonder if there's a name for that. Play within uh, a play. Have you ever heard of it? But yeah, but like a play within a play that's specifically about oh yeah like, yeah, yeah making fun of the earlier part the earlier of whatever work of you're doing play. yeah yeah um because I I guess like the play the play within a play in Hamlet is sort of like that although it's not played for comedy it's played for drama but um, it's similarly like based on what happened earlier in the movie and some play. productions of Hamlet it's played for comedy. i want to see that (laughs) now i'm just thinking about hamlet 2000 when oh my god i have not thought about that movie in a hot minute um with the denmark corporation (laughs) (laughs) oh so good so good um so yeah uh that's frozen 2 it's uh obviously still out I recommend checking it out, especially if you liked the first Frozen. I don't. And if you didn't like the first Frozen, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, come on. That's an instant classic. It's a movie about sisterhood. Shut the fuck up and watch it. Come on. Grow a heart, please. Please. Um, Thaw your heart. (laughs) Thaw your icy heart. Um, Yeah, Frozen 2. Pretty good. Like I said, like I, I don't think it was as good as Frozen. It was like kind of weird at times and oddly put together, but there was so much interesting stuff in there that like I definitely think it's worth checking out. It's very much worth checking out. It's not as good, like just like in the most technical sense as the first Frozen, but it has like it's like weirder than the first Frozen. And I think for that yeah. it deserves a lot of credit because it I could have easily that. been like yeah. a really boring Disney sequel, and it was not, and that was like really refreshing. Um we're all used to the typical Disney sequels these days where they're all just like the same movie over and over and over. So. All right. Um, so to close us out, uh, why don't we talk about the gold globe nominations? Cause those just came out, uh, very recently. I think yeah. yesterday. Um, and we talked about them last year in an emergency podcast very important uh our only emergency episode and uh but now we have time to address them in a full episode here um so you know we're big fans of award season the golden globes are sort of the first 
I mean, there's a lot of other award shows, but really, like the Golden Globes are the like major show that comes before the Oscars that sort of gives you a little more insight into what's going to go on in the Oscars. So we'll take a look at these. Um, I don't really want to go through everything on here, but we'll just highlight some of the things that we find interesting. Sure. Yeah. Nominations. Um, let's. So for best motion picture drama, we have 1917, The Irishman, Joker, Marriage Story, and The Two Popes. Um, so first of all, I find it interesting here that three of the movies on this list are on streaming services. Yeah, I think that's huge for streaming services. I think this is like a huge deal. <laughs> yeah honestly that's incredible. i mean i know like, this is also means... the golden globes and people have not taken the golden globes as seriously as the oscars in a long time um but like it is like a huge deal that three of the movies <laughs> yeah wow um obviously uh 1917 not out yet very interested to see that uh, right when it so it's out. weird when the movie is not yeah yeah, so who knows? Like all the critics have seen it, I guess, but we've got no feel for it. Um, I don't think Two Popes is out yet either, though. No, I think that's coming out soon. Yeah. Um, interesting to see Joker on the drama side. I think it could also arguably be, be a comedy. No, a that's a drama. Way. I think that's a drama. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's good to see it nominated. Uh, I think that that's interesting. I'm kind of surprised, honestly. I'm, yeah, I'm surprised um for best motion picture musical or comedy we have uh dolomite is my name jojo rabbit knives out once upon a time in hollywood and rocket man it's the strongest musical or comedy category in years yeah absolutely i mean like so all of these are actually comedies which is the most shocking part and some Um, of them are also musicals well (laughs) some (laughs) actually we do have a musical on here yeah that's crazy really something um you almost like every year when this comes out we make fun of the musical comedy category because first of all like musical and comedy are two very different types of movies and also Usually half the movies on here aren't musicals or comedies. Um, so it's interesting to get one where all the movies actually fit the category for once. Yeah. And also they're like, they're good. movies. They're good movies, Brent. For (laughs) one. Generally this category is like a real crapshoot. They pick movies that get like, I mean, I don't like to go by Rotten Tomato scores, but like movies that get like sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes are regularly in musical or comedy. I, like, I remember one year with that no. Johnny. I think this is. I might have mentioned this on last year's uh, Golden Globes episode. Uh, the one year when that Johnny Depp movie, The Tourist, got nominated. I just said that, Teddy. Oh. When you said they're actually all comedies or musicals, I said, "Remember The Tourist." Oh, you might have cut out there. All right, so okay. yes, everyone, everyone, make sure. Uh, <laughs> to know that we both think it's ridiculous that the Taurus was nominated for it's best. It's ridiculous. Music. It's fucking ridiculous. Any sense? Why was the Taurus nominated? Oh God, that's embarrassing. It was a bad movie too. It and it also wasn't a musical or comedy. It was just there a very was like nothing ridiculous. Like film. it was not a musical or comedy, and also it was bad, so it wouldn't have been up for an award. Like it's crazy. <laughs> 
I think they just wanted to hang out with Johnny Depp, basically. So, I mean, All they right, got their well, wish. Fewer people should think that. <laughs> um. Okay, so for Best Director, we have uh, Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. Oh. Sam Mendes for 1917. Todd Phelps for Joker. Scorsese for The Irishman. And Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Bong Joon-ho should win. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um. Parasite Parasite is so, so damn good. It's um, so fucking good. It's like everyone should check it out. Movies of the year. It's it's so and he does such a good job directing. I mean, yeah. There's just like it's I mean, I haven't seen 1917 yet. I'll right. admit. Um, and I do think 1917 looks like especially good for a war movie like not it looks all intense of, and crazy. not all of those movies are something that i'm into i think that movie looks legitimately very good there's like horror elements to the trailer like there's a lot to like about that movie i think when it yeah. comes out. but i i just think bong joon ho does such a good job i can't imagine anything's beating parasite in terms yeah. of thing. um and it's gonna be sad because I don't know, fucking Tarantino's gonna win or something, but like, <laughs> like and Tarantino yeah. does not deserve it for for once upon a time. I mean, I liked it, but it's not the best directing job of the year, like by far. Um, it's a good movie though. It's a good it's movie, good. but it's like it's well directed. For me, best directing job of the year would have to also mean doing something like that's like a top performance for the director, and I do not think that that's true. Like he, this he, is not Tarantino's best. Like he recreated '60s Hollywood. I thought. I think that's pretty impressive. He's always recreating something. That's like what he does. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but he, he did it well. I don't know. I like. I. This I is like do... when it when a when a teacher gives you a B because like generally you get an A plus, and this one would have been an A plus compared to the rest of the class, but compared to your own work, it's a B. Like this is like how I feel about Tarantino and Once Upon a Time. Like right. it's like this is like it's fine, but it's like. It's not like your best work by far. And like, I don't want to like award you this as like a sort of like congratulatory award just because. By that standard, should we give Todd Phillips the Oscar for elevating above his normal this body of work? so much better than his normal <laughs> bodily of work. Um, I, but I don't think it elevates enough. Like, I mean, I think there are still flaws with Joker. Right. Um, yeah like like i genuinely think parasite is a near perfectly directed film like yes, yes. like I mean, it would, that would be my pick as well um yeah. parasite is just incredible it's like it's dark and twisted and yet like hilarious at the same time uh just... he draws such amazing performances from this cast like nobody is mediocre in this movie even like the smallest parts like oh yeah that's so true it's like literally every single performance in this movie is just captivating and interesting and very pointed right and it's um, like you of course credit the actors but like a director's job is to draw that performance out like yeah and like he like, it's insane how like virtually everybody in this movie just like nails it like that's that doesn't happen even in like a Martin Scorsese film. Like, like you get bit parts where it's like, all right, I don't shut up. Like, like, <laughs> like, but in this movie, like that did not happen. And it's like an important movie. It's timely. Like, it's just so good. 
there's so much good about Parasite. It's like, it's great the way that like it builds as like this, like, oh, this is a socioeconomic comedy, whatever. And then all of a sudden it's this like violent thriller. Like, like yeah. it's crazy how like, how quickly it turns, but feels natural when the turn happens. Cause like somehow throughout the course of this comedy, you've always known this was coming. Like, like it's crazy. It's such a good movie. And I, I, I'm terrified that's going to be overlooked by all of the awards because yeah. like, it's like easily gotta be one of my favorite movies of the year. Like <laughs> it's very cool. It's very cool. Highly recommend checking that one out. Um, so why don't we just like scroll through the rest of these? Uh, we'll, we'll link this in the comments of the uh, nominations. We don't want to read these all out. Um, but let's see if there's anything that pops out at you. We're yeah. talking about um, um what pops out to you uh so the only one i've seen of the best actress performances nomination so far was uh cynthia arrivo in harriet uh but i thought she was amazing she was really uh like really badass and like heartbreaking sometimes as well um so i think i think that's gonna be good uh, i have not seen Little Women or Marriage Story or Bombshell or Judy yet. So I don't know. It's hard to have seen like three out of those. Um, <laughs> yeah. Most of these, I guess Marriage Story did just come out, but. But Marriage Story has been in like limited. Limited release, right? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, now it's like streaming, I guess. But like before that, it was a very limited release. Right. So it's um, hard to have seen that. So yeah, Cynthia Revo is good, but I think that is going to be a very stacked category as well. Um, and, and I, I don't it, have a clear idea of who the favorite is. No, not at all. And um, I think when the Oscar nominations come out too, this is going to be equally competitive, if not more so. Because I guess, do you think the same? Because like by the time Oscars roll around, we're going to have to be considering the actresses who get nominated for in musical or comedy as well, right? Um, and like, do you think? Let's just talk about musical or comedy actress at the same time. Do you think that uh, this category is going to include the the musical actresses? Because I feel like some of them, like Aquafina for The Farewell, right, absolutely yeah. deserves a Best Actress nominee. I mean, that was one I thought. I, I feel like I don't even know that. I mean, The Farewell is it's funny, but it. I don't really know if you should categorize it as a comedy, like it's not really a fair representation of what that film is. I mean, I got very emotional during that movie and like, <laughs> like, um, and I thought that her performance wasn't just like purely funny. Like, so uh, I, I don't know. Um, but, and then like, I mean, you see things like in the musical or comedy, like Kate Blanchett got nominated. Do you think we have to worry about Kate Blanchett getting nominated for a movie that was basically panned by most critics? Like, yeah, I don't um, think a lot just of because she's that movie. Blanchett um it's hard to imagine that most people didn't see that movie because like fucking the ads were goddamn everywhere i couldn't escape a trailer for <laughs> where'd you go bernadette um yeah no i i saw and i really didn't want to see that movie and by the time i saw that movie i was like i still really didn't want to see that movie this was <laughs> not a good movie oh, so <laughs> um so uh, Jennifer Lopez got nominated uh, for Best Supporting Actress uh, for Hustlers. I think she's going to get a Best Actress nom. I mean, right? Like, 
or best supporting, I guess, but she deserves it, whichever one she gets nominated for. Yeah, that would be cool. That was a great performance. Um, she's up against some heavy competition here. Uh, but she was good. And she does have heavy competition. You're right. We've got um Joaquin Phoenix did get the Joker nomination. So uh for best actor in I think drama. he's gonna get the best actor at the Oscar. I, I feel like he's gonna get the nomination no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. And I, definitely. I I feel like he's gotta be the favorite to win it. Right. I mean like just looking at the um Globe nominations, I don't really see anyone who would challenge him that much. No, like, I mean like it just, it just there's hasn't no been way a... Christian Bale is a favorite for anything right now. I mean, there's got to be some like, I mean, actor star power going into it. And Christian Bale does not have like the same. Like right now, I don't know. Who talks about Christian Bale? Um, like, I I don't think like Leo is going to get it or anything like that, you know? So, Maybe Adam Driver for Marriage Story. Maybe, I but know. I don't really see people talking about that as much. Um. And I feel like there's got to be some word of mouth to get you there, too. Like, people talk about marriage stories. I don't see Adam Driver coming up all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's weird. It's, like, crazy to think about it. Because, like, I don't know if Joaquin Phoenix as Joker really deserves Best Actor. But I can't really think of who should get it instead. So, right. Like, in this year, it kind of seems like it's his year. You know, I do like that for best actor in a motion picture or comedy, uh, musical or comedy, uh, the little boy from Jojo's Rabbit was nominated. Oh, yeah. I do yeah, like that little fun. Jojo. Uh, I thought he was great. Um, I don't think he'll win it. I don't think he stands a chance. I don't think he'll even get nominated for an Oscar. I do think it would be deserved if he got nominated. I thought he was really, really good. I was really into this this child actor. I thought he, I, I felt for him like <laughs> um, and child actors can be very hit or miss. So. Yeah, I think uh, Taron Edgerton for Rocket Man could get in uh, for the Oscar nominations as well. He's getting a nomination. I think that's not a question. I don't think he'll win it, though, which is funny because we've seen that movie on some people's worst of list for 2019. OK, that's ridiculous. Shocking. I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. Um. <laughs> Well, um, I, whatever those people I what, whatever um the best supporting actor uh category here is really stacked tom hanks Anthony i can't believe Hopkins. tom hanks got best supporting i haven't seen beautiful day yet i haven't i haven't seen it uh, he I'm, is he is more of a supporting role in that's the, movie. the the reviews really i've so. read have implied that he's more of the supporting role um, and i think the way it's laid out works really well in the movie and obviously his performance is fantastic it's tom hanks uh, of course it's fantastic yeah. but he's going up against anthony hopkins al pacino joe pesci and brad pitt this is like the most <laughs> stacked category for a male awards category that has ever happened like <laughs> it's insane. brad pitt al pacino anthony hopkins tom hanks i mean joe pesci is really the underdog here um, and that's saying something because it's joe pesci so like right. <laughs> like <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> um yeah this is a big year for best supporting actor in a motion picture at the golden globes and really most of those people are probably going to get the nomination at the oscars too 
Yeah. I mean, it's very white. Maybe is, they'll, sure. they'll make it less white for the Oscars, but I don't really trust the Oscars, so I don't know if that's true. The best animated motion picture category is a little disappointing. Well, first of all, not? first of all, it has Lion King in there, which, which is, is like very funny. Um, it's so telling it's like they're they build it as a live action movie it is not and they put it in for the animated motion picture category <laughs> they, it they're is. admitting uh, it they're admitting it uh they're doing it right in front of our faces and um also it's not a good movie <laughs> so it shouldn't <laughs> it shouldn't win awards because it's bad so this, so also there's only one movie in this category that's not a sequel slash remake. There's only one. Yeah. And that's Missing Link. Missing Link was pretty good. Um it's one of those stop motion movies, I think, from the same um studio that does Wallace and Gromit and all that. Um it's charming. It's not the most memorable movie, but it's pretty fun. Um but yeah, the other Nominees we have in this category are Toy Story 4, Frozen 2, and How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, which I think is like the third one. So, one. yeah, we've got, <laughs> we're suffering from the uh, the sequel bloat here on the animated side. Um, so it would be nice to see Missing Link win this one, but I don't know. I, I don't even know who's the favorite at this point. It's like, mm. Does it have to be Toy Story 4? I mean... I feel like it's it Toy Story be. 4. Yeah. But it might be The Lion King, honestly, because it oh, made God. so much money. Oh, God, it will be, won't it? it? It's I can just feel it already. We've got like a Bohemian Rhapsody moment coming here where <laughs> the one that's just like, oh, it'll be anyone but that one because that one was terrible. It's like, no, that, that's probably what's going to happen. Um, that makes me want to die. <laughs> I know you're right, but it makes me want to die. Yeah, yeah. That I just like I'm thinking about it. I don't want to think about it anymore. I want to stop thinking. Um, <laughs> it probably is though. It probably is. Oh God. Um, <laughs> Remember when Bohemian Rhapsody won the Oscar for best editing? Teddy. <laughs> Hello. Are you okay? No. Are you? Pre- are you prepared to receive information that could hurt you? <laughs> um, I, uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking about that one scene. You know the one about the editing. Yeah, the one you where they're all sitting around meeting their agent for the first time. Oh, God. That, that was something special. Um, I hate it so much that I would rather jump from my fourth story building into the street <laughs> headfirst. And think about it any further. All right. Um, that's just so upsetting. <laughs> so, um, any other impressions on this year's uh, Golden Globes? Um, Taylor Swift has a Golden Globe nomination. And she'll probably win. So for cats, yes, yeah, that'll um, probably win. Honestly, for best original song. Hooray, cats! We've I got just want Taylor Swift to win. To. I don't care about that. Um, <laughs> 
I oh my I also can't wait for cats. I mean cats is gonna be bat shit. I'm gonna like I don't know how I can sneak a flask of vodka in, but I'm doing it. <laughs> and like it, uh, <laughs> it's going to be the event of the season. Uh um, it's gonna be so crazy. It's been so great. It's been a while since I've had like a really like crazy musical experience in the movie theater, you know, like um so I mean, I'm that's really true. Like at least it's a musical. It's nice to see a strong it's good to see a big theater. budget like widely publicized musical making it to the theaters like i mean greatest showman was one um yeah and like it's different when it's like like rocket man is different rocket man it has is a musical about a specific singer so of course it's a musical because it's they made music yeah um but it's like it's like a musical kind of like bohemian rhapsody was a musical obviously better like much yeah better, rocket but... man is much better um but yeah so like it's nice to see like an actual musical coming to the big screen that is nice i like that because i i don't want the musical movie to die like i think it's really fun i don't want it yeah. to be relegated to like frozen 2 musicals you know um <laughs> yeah uh oh by the way i did see uh Anne and the apocalypse the other night uh, i love that movie i the, love that movie the zombie christmas musical movie the uh, christmas zombie apocalypse movie yes. you have to include that apocalypse because <laughs> it is definitely apocalypse uh very fun uh very entertaining very christmasy so that's another one to add to our offbeat christmas classics there yeah go watch anna and the apocalypse i really like that movie i've watched it this season too um it's a lot of fun i really like that movie i might watch it again later like tonight all right well um i think that's it on uh gold gloves we'll keep you in the loop on how that develops and uh we're gonna be starting our big oscars push soon i guess that's yeah uh, do you know when the oscars get announced do you know off the top of your head uh isn't it usually like beginning of february or something when they get announced i think so or maybe maybe it's beginning of January, end of January. That's what I was thinking. Because it isn't the ceremony in February. I thought it was in March. I don't know. I, but it it is it is coming soon. I know that. Um, there's only like a month between the announcement and the ceremony, which is always a scramble. So well, yes, that's definitely true. <laughs> it's like crazy see. every single time. Okay. They will be announced on. So the okay, blah blah blah. Nominees announced Monday, January thirteenth, twenty twenty. All right, great. Yeah, so we've got about a month away from that. Well, um, but then the presentation is on Sunday, February 9th. So we've got under a month between when they're <laughs> announced and when. We have yeah, great. Oh man, that ah, that's that might be less time than last year. That's uh, yeah. Fun times. All right. We're going to get another death race going. And um, so, Can't yeah, wait. <laughs> we'll we'll let you know about that when that starts up again. And we'll be back next week with some of our thoughts on these uh, movies from the 2010s that we're trying to catch up on. So um, until next time, uh, you can follow us on uh, all the major streaming platforms uh, iTunes, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Buzzed On Movies, and uh, 
you can also send us email at buzzedonmovies at gmail.com. Like we said, uh, if you want to take part in this challenge, uh, feel free to send us your lists. Tell us what you missed in the 2010s and also maybe tell us what your favorite movies from this decade are. Um, and until next time, we'll see you at the movies. We'll see you at the movies. Or on Netflix. <laughs> see you in the streaming. Ooh, dark web. <laughs>